What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. There was a, a renowned author by the name of Ralph Ellison. He was a notable writer, and he said, When I discover who I am, then I'll be free. When I discover who I am, then I'll be free. Because here's the reality. When you don't know who you are, you remain, you will remain bound to fears. You will remain bound to insecurities. When you don't know who you are, you will be bound to bad choices. You will be bound to, to terrible and toxic relationships. I don't know if anybody will keep it real with me up in here. I, I believe we're a real church. Will y'all be real with me today? Can I, I'm, I came down and I'm just speaking. I don't have the mic on. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just speaking to y'all today. It's more of a conversation, so I want y'all to talk back to me. Uh, anybody ever got into a bad relationship because you weren't in your right mind? I'm not looking at you. I'm... <laughs> Any of y'all ever made bad choices because of, because of insecurity or, or fi- a sense of feeling inferior or a sense of just not knowing who you really were? Because the reality is when you don't know who you are, you will always be trapped. You will always be bound to bad choices. And this is so deep. Even as you study the psychology, I like to get into that. And, 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 and I've talked to counselors and therapists, and, and, and I've had these conversations on identity. And identity is at the root of every choice and everything that we partake in in life. Identity is so rooted, it's so embedded in the core that based on who we believe we are, we make choices about our physiological bodies. So whenever, here's the thing, whenever you don't know who you are or have a false sense of who you are, you will make all the bad choices when it comes to your body. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm getting into some territory. Uh, See, I didn't get this revelation to 2014. That's when I really started becoming health conscious and aware of the things that I was eating. Because before that, I said I can eat anything. I can do whatever I want with my body. You know, life is short. How many of y'all heard ever said that? Life is short, so do what you want whenever you want. And how many know that living that way is a terrible way to live? Because then I started, well, I started realizing, yo, I started looking at my life and analyzing my sleep, my sleep habits, my eating habits, and I said, it looked like I got an eating disorder. And then the Lord hit me, he said, yeah, you got an eating disorder. You keep eating this order, you keep eating that order. I'm, I'm, yeah, they didn't get it. <laughs> y'all awake, y'all awake. <laughs> I said, I got an eating disorder. He said, you got to eat it. You keep eating this order. You keep eating that order. That's an eating disorder. And so I didn't get this revelation because then in 2014, God revealed to me, if you don't take care of your body, then you're going to cut the calling that I have for your life short. See, when you know who you are, even on a physiological level, in your body you realize, no, no, life is short. And because life is short, I have to take care of my body. I have to eat, uh, sleep properly. I have to eat properly because if I don't, I'm going to call, I'm going to uh, cause the, the call of God and the ministry that God has given me short in my life. When, when, when you don't know who you are, you don't have trust in people. You're constantly insecure. You're constantly looking to fight. You're constantly on the defense when you don't know who you are. You're constantly looking in the bad in other people because of lack of trust, because of fear of rejection. And God is telling somebody today that this is a season where you have to trust again. 
Because you will never accomplish what God has for you unless you open your heart and say, God, heal me from the pains of the past. Heal me from that relationship. Heal me from that betrayal of my friend because I need to get better to fulfill everything that you have for me. But as long as you're with the insecurity, the lack of trust, you're going to stay bound and you're going to stay stuck. Your marriage is going to suffer. Your call, your ministry, your dreams, your goals is going to suffer because here you are. I don't trust nobody. I don't trust them. You talking to who? You trust them? And God is looking at you like, mm. as long as you carry with that attitude, you can't grow. Because you have to, in order to grow, you have to let go. Did you, did you, we haven't done it in a while. We haven't done it in a while. Let me know that you're catching it. In order for you to grow, you must let go. In order for you to have a blessed marriage, you got to forget about that joker that left you in the past. Some of y'all are young, so, 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to marriages, but, but, yeah. In order for you to have healthy relationship, you got to forget about that girl that talked behind your back. Listen, if Jesus had a Judas, then what can you expect? But you got to keep loving anyways. You got to keep trusting God anyways. You have to say, God, heal my heart. Deliver me from the insecurity, from a lack of trust because I need to grow. See, identity is at the core of all these things. Uh, uh, a lot of people suffer and they struggle because they constantly feel that they don't belong. And when you, when you lack identity, when you don't know who you are, you're constantly looking for belonging in all the wrong people in places. You're constantly fearing rejection. You're constantly looking to belong in areas and with people that will not benefit you. When you don't know who you are, it affects your esteem. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't see the beauty that God has given you. You don't see the gifts, the talents. You, you bring yourself down when you lack identity. It brings your self-esteem down. And when you lack esteem, you will, you will just settle for things that, that are mediocre or average. I'm going I'm to talk real with y'all today. See, when you don't know better, and when you lack esteem, whatever joker tells you uh, uh, some sweet words, you just fall for them knowing that they're no good for you. When you lack identity, any girl who tells you, you look good, you look cute on your DM, you just settle for it. Not knowing that you are a man of God and you can't settle for God for anything that's less than what you deserve. See, when you have esteem... When you have esteem, you see things that are not worth your time and you, and you just ignore it because you say, no, I deserve better. I don't care if you think I'm cute. You're not the person God has for me. I don't care that I've been with you all this time. I deserve better. See, God, when you give your life to God, he begins to reveal what you deserve. And then you start looking around at your relationship and your friendship like, this is not God's best for me. There's greater for me. There's a bigger dream. There's a bigger goal. There's a bigger, there's a bigger call on my life. I can't settle for this. I can't keep hanging around with chickens when I'm an eagle. I can't keep acting like a chicken when God has called me to soar. I can't stay on this level when I have to go higher. Y'all give me that energy to preach today. <laughs> Your esteem. 
self-actualization. When you lack identity, you believe these words, I can't do it. When you don't know who you are, you believe these words. That's really a lie of the enemy that tells you you will never be able to accomplish that. You will never be able to reach that dream and that goal. When you lack identity, see, you believe all of these lies because the devil can't make you do anything. He will just give you lies, ideas, suggestions. He will tell you, you're not worthy. He will tell you, you don't deserve it. He will tell you, you're going to stay stuck forever. He will tell you, you don't deserve that dream, that goal. And so when you lack identity, you just say, well, maybe that's true. And you sit in the same place months and months and you work your mind and you, and you cause, you fall into the state of depression and anxiety. It's like a mental, you're, you're as, if, as if you're in a mental treadmill. You're going, you're going, you're living, you're working, you're coming, but you're just going and going with no direction and no purpose because you don't know who you are. So God is calling us today to realize that we're called for more. To realize who we really are in him. You have to know who you are, especially when you're in a season of wilderness, when you're in a wilderness season. I'm going to break this down. A wilderness season. You have to know who you are in a wilderness season. Uh, the wilderness, whenever you look at wilderness in the Bible, it was always a place. The wilderness was always a place of testing, of trial, of challenge. It was always a place of temptation. And here's the thing, whenever you go out in the world, you will face trial, you will face difficulty, you will face temptation, and you've got to know who you are in order for you to face this world that we're living in today. The world that we're living in today is offering everything at your disposal, everything that will ruin your call, everything that will ruin your relationship with God is just there, is at the disposal. And you need to know who you are in order for you to face the wilderness. Uh, uh, the people, of, uh, the chosen people of God, Israel, they had to go through the wilderness. Jesus, he was tempted in Matthew chapter 4 by the devil. And in Matthew chapter 4, he was tempted by the devil in the areas of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I need, stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. He was tempted three times by Satan. After 40 days of fasting, he was in the wilderness. This is Matthew chapter 4. And he was tested, tried, and tempted in the areas of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Well, he, Satan appeared to him and said, well, if you are the son of God, then make these rocks turn into, uh, uh, into bread. He was testing and tempting him. He said, if you're the son of God, then throw yourself down and see if the angels will lift you up. If you're the son of God, bow down to work. He was questioning his identity. Don't worry, I'm, 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 I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. Some of y'all looking real lost, like what in the world is he trying to tell me? Here, here, uh, work with me, work with me. Matthew chapter 4, he was in the wilderness. He was tempted, he was tested, he was tried. But guess what? He didn't give in to the, tempta the temptation. Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was baptized. Watch this, watch this. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he came to the water. And then it said he was submerged in the water that a voice came from heaven and it was God saying about Jesus this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased so before he went to the wilderness chapter 4 and chapter 3 God already told him you're my beloved son and I'm well pleased with you Before he went out to the wilderness, the place of temptation, 
he knew who he was. So when the devil came, if you are the son of God, he already knew. You ain't going to tempt me, devil. I already know who I am. Parents, parents, I want you to catch this. Because what you speak over your child before they go out into the wilderness, before they go out into school, before they're out in the world, do you know that this world will tell your children that they're not worthy of anything, that they won't accomplish anything, that if they ruin their lives, it'll be okay because it's YOLO, you only live once, do whatever you want to do. So make sure, parents, that you tell your children who they are. I tell Kalea every day that I see her, you are beautiful, you are a princess, you are called by God, you are the head and not the tail, you are blessed. So then when somebody comes and try to question her, she already, my daddy already told me who I am. Somebody come, pray for me because you know, we're not near the adolescent period. Let, let a joker try me. He ain't trying to come around talking about, you cute girl. She'll be like, my, listen, man, I know who I am. Men, men of God, you got to know who you are. And you got you to stand firm in that. I'm a man of God. I'm not going to devalue myself. I'm not going to devalue my calling. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to fall into, into this temptation for 15 seconds and take away 15 years of my life. For 15 seconds, set yourself back for 15 years. For a moment of pleasure, for a moment in the wilderness. You got to know who you are in the wilderness. God told, said about Jesus, you're my beloved son. I'm pleased with you. And God wants you to know before you leave this, these doors today, you are, you are his child. You are beloved. You are a son. You are a daughter. You have favor. You have grace. I wish I had somebody that believed that. You have purpose. You have purpose. You're not just anybody. You're God's prized possession. When he looks at you, he says, look at my creation. Look at the gifts in them. Look at the talents in them. You've got to know who you are before you step into the wilderness. You've got to know who you are. Let me give you a scripture here. And before we put it up, let me give you context because context is very important. You got to know the context of what's happening. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth. So he's writing to the Corinthian church. And he's writing to them because this particular church, they were off the chain, y'all. They were wild. They were wild and they were out of control. And so Paul was called as a missionary to Corinth to build up. He was one of the founders of a church in Corinth. And Corinth was a, was a place, a region, an area that was very paganistic. They were idolatrous. They were, they were immoral, highly immoral. Prostitution, uh, all types of sexual immorality. It, it, ran, it ran rampant in that area. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to this church because he wants to, he wants to speak into their identity. And so he's writing to these people because he's saying, listen, you're making all these immoral choices. You're going down this path because you don't know who you are. So God is using the Apostle Paul here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. And if we could have that on the screen, if we could have that, let's read this together. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. 
Got that there? All right, follow me. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Watch this. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, here it is, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. God wants to let you know if you're in Christ, you are brand new. Don't matter what people spoke about you, don't matter what you've done, when you've surrendered your life to Christ, you are brand new. So when you look at yourself, you may have scars of the issues of the past, but God is letting you know you are brand new. This is your identity now. You're not, you're not who you used to be. You weren't, you're not little pookie no more. You're not little stanky, how they used to call you back when you were wilding out. You're, you're, not, you're not that person anymore. You're not what they used to call you, you are brand new new the old is gone the new is here all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them he has committed to us the message of reconciliation we are here it is this is who you are we are therefore Christ what does it say ambassadors would you look at the person beside you tell them you're an ambassador I don't know if you knew that but do me the favor turn to somebody shake them if they look like they're falling asleep tell them you're an ambassador as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God that's the second part you are not only an ambassador but you are the righteousness of God you're an ambassador and you're the righteousness of God now what in the world does this mean I'm so glad I asked to me, what it means to be an ambassador, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Understand that this is who you are. This is your position. An ambassador is a respected official acting as a representative of a nation. In this case, you're a representative of the kingdom of God. An ambassador is sent to a foreign land, and the ambassador role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. So when you're an ambassador, you step into a foreign land because the Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not, we're not of the world. We may live here, but we got a different citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. For, for all, see, see, in this nation and in this world, you may look down based on your status and your citizenship, but I want to let you know you got citizenship in heaven. And God is saying you are called to be an ambassador. You are God's ambassador. When you walk into a room, pay attention to me. When you walk into a room, you are an ambassador. See, some of y'all are like, I don't know, I have no clue what this means. See, because, because they haven't spoken, no one's spoken to you about your identity. That means when you walk around, you may, you may just be a student, you may be a construction worker, you may be, you may be a nurse, a nurse assistant, you may be a paralegal, you may be a salesperson, you may have your own business, but even before that, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. So you may look down on yourself because you say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not an important person. I don't have a high position in life. Who am I to do anything in life? And God wants you to know that, that that's a lie of the enemy. You're an ambassador of the kingdom. When you're out and about, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm an ambassador. I, I'm supposed to reflect kingdom of God so when you show up people should look at you and say you know what that person always is encouraging 
What, is, what, what are you reflecting when you walk around in this world? When people view you, have conversations, they, got, they should be able to look at you and say, and look at you and say, can you please pray for me? Because it looks like you, you, you got some answers. I'm, I'm looking for answers. They should look at you and say, this person look like they're walking around with some hope. They, this person look like they got some joy in their life. This person look like they got some love in their life. Because you're an ambassador of the kingdom. Whenever we go about and live our lives, we got to realize that we're called to reflect the kingdom of God. I've been into ambassadors' homes, by the way. And let me tell you, the first time, because of my line of work, some of you are like, oh, what is he involved with? I'm just, my line of work, because I, I, what I do, I've, had, I've been afforded the privilege and opportunity to actually be in D.C. in ambassadors' homes. Let me tell you, the first time I ever went to one of those, I was nervous, y'all. I said, here I am, this short, little brown person, and I'm walking in with, with dignitaries and politicians from other, ambassadors from other nations, and I will walk into these rooms, and, 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 and I, I will have moments where I was just nervous, and I was just like, what, am I, what in the world am I doing here? And then, and then I had to snap out of that and say, there's a reason why I'm here. I'm an ambassador. I, you can't look down on yourself. You got to realize that God has chosen you to be an ambassador. Don't question when God is opening doors. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. See, for a moment, I started to believe the lie, like I'm not worthy to be here. But then I was reminded that we're called to be ambassadors. There's a reason God puts us in this place. An ambassador does not speak to please his audience or her audience, but the king who sent him. Who are you living for? To please people or please God? Are you living to please people? Are you just speaking and getting along just to be a part of the crowd? Listen, when you're, a, when you're an ambassador, sometimes it will cause you to be unpopular. Are you still with me? When you're an ambassador, it will cause you to stand out. Sometimes it will cause you to make sacrifices when you're an ambassador. But God is calling us to understand our identity and who we're called to be. He not only calls us ambassadors, but he calls us the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. It's amazing that God is telling us today that we are the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. What does it mean to be righteous? It means to be justified. What Christ did when he saw us is that, is that with all our sin, with all our brokenness, with all our issues, with all our pain, he said, you know what? This person is worth dying for. I need somebody to catch this. He saw you, each of you, with your issues, with your flaws, with your downfall, and said, this person is worth dying for. Donovan is worth me giving my life for. Leah uh, is worth me giving my life. Martha, Fred, they're worth dying for. Anybody ever said that about you? You got Jesus that said you're worth dying for. It's an amazing thing. He said, I'm perfect, but I'm going to make myself sin. I'm going to be crucified and put on a cross so that my good can be credited on your account. <laughs> to be righteous, it's as if someone came, you racked up all this debt, and someone says, I'm going to clear all of your debt. And I'm going to rectify it. I'm going to change your name. 
I'm going to change your credit. I'm going to change your reputation. That's what it means to be the righteousness of God. It's not as if we never sin. No, he's saying with your issues, your pain, your downfalls, I'm going to credit my goodness, my justice on your account. That's what it means to be righteous. And God is saying about you, you are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. When you, when you give your life to the Lord and you say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I give you my life. What you're receiving is his grace, his love, his identity, and his DNA in you. You don't have to stay bound to the culture that raised you, although we're supposed to embrace and appreciate where we come from. You're not bound to the relationships of the past. You're not bound to anything that held you back before. God is saying, you're my righteousness. Begin to live that out. Begin to believe that. Begin to confess that. Begin to make decisions and choices based on who you are, your position as the righteousness of God. Here's where we clash. Here's where we clash. And I'm going to be wrapping up here soon. Where we clash is a lot of times we feel that. So we have this position, and some of you listening to me, and, and, and some of you are having a hard time with this. Some of you are receiving this. But here, the real test is when as we mentioned last week, when you don't feel like you're the righteousness of God. When you don't feel like you're an ambassador of the kingdom. And then when we feel as if our condition doesn't reflect this, we begin to believe that we are not this. Are you with me? Can I tell you, can I give you the most profound revelation ever in the world? Are you ready for it? Let me know if you're ready to receive the most profound revelation you'll ever hear in your life. Get, get, your, get your spiritual floaties out. We're going to go deep. Y'all ready to go deep? You ready? Come on, say amen if, you, if, if you're here with me. Feelings lie. There it is. Feelings lie. Feelings lie. And so many of us live our lives based on our feelings not realizing that our feelings are deceitful. (laughs) Well, I don't feel like serving God. You better tell your feelings, step aside. (laughs) Well, I don't feel like loving my wife. You better rebuke the devil. I don't feel like loving my husband. I don't like them. Well, you better rebuke that and say, no, no, I committed to this thing through the good, through the bad. These feelings will lie to you. I don't feel like going to work. Do you know what? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I felt that in my soul right there. That's me every day, praise the Lord. Let me, let me tell you though, because here's the revelation. When you live that way, not realizing that wherever you work at, whether, whether, whether you, you're, you're, you're a CEO, a manager, or you're just a new employee, a new worker, you're called to be an ambassador in that area. And when you don't realize that, you will take for granted the blessing that God puts in front of you because you want to be the CEO, but you can't handle being an employee. You want to grow and you want to skip steps. You already want to be a preacher, but you can't fold a table. 
Pastor, you're making that look easy. I can do that all day, every day. Do you know the sacrifice I've had to make to be here? The years of tears, the years of wanting to give up, but I didn't. The years of saying, God, I have nothing else to give, but I will push on. I will push on anyway because it will be difficult, but you got to fight. You got to press. You got to believe in your heart that you're an ambassador. I'm getting a little excited. I'm sorry. Some of y'all are like, Lord, have mercy. What did I get into? You know what I've realized? That your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will tell you, stop serving God. Stop going to church. Stop giving your time. Stop, and you got to say, no, I'm committed. Commitment is beyond feelings. When you're an ambassador, even when you don't feel good, that's who you are. When you're the righteousness of God, even when you don't feel it, that's who you are. And the devil, when you, feel, when you don't feel it, he will be like, yep, see, you're not feeling it. You're not. And we live our lives feelings-based. I'll do it if I feel it. What if you never feel it? It's hard to pray because I don't feel anything when I, when I pray. It's hard to read the Bible because I don't feel anything. You want, what you want, goosebumps? What do you want? When you pray, I'll come tickle your back so you can get goosebumps. <laughs> See, don't, don't live your life. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging y'all now. I know this is tough, right? I know this is tough. But I'm saying this out of love because I want y'all to really grow. Commitment. You've got to be committed to who you are. When you're committed to who you are, you stay firm and you stay planted. Let me give you these last scriptures. The Bible says in Psalm. That the righteous person, we're talking about the righteousness of God, the righteous person, their steps are ordered by the Lord. That means every step you take, even though some, some steps are not certain, some steps are not, the righteous person's steps are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs that though the righteous may fall seven times, he arises. The righteous. The Bible says in Hebrews, the righteous will live by faith. So even when you're falling, the righteous person gets back up because I'm called to be righteous. I'm called to live for God. Sometimes your steps are not clear, but trust that the one who's called you to be righteous has your steps ordered. He knows where you're going to end up. You got to trust that. The righteous person lives by faith even when you see that circumstances are not in your favor. Continue to trust God because the righteous person lives by faith, not by feelings. The righteous live by faith, not by feelings. I want you to take something to write, write, write something down. We're, we're going to do a quick exercise before we close out. I want everybody to take the phone. I want everybody to do this. I want everybody to do this. I want you to write this. I want you to write something down. I'm going to give you a couple minutes. I did this. I did this during prayer night. So, so, so if you've done this already, don't worry about it. You're going to help me pray for people. But I want you to take this moment seriously, and I want you to write the following down. Who are you? How do you define yourself? But I don't want you to do it from your perspective. Who do you believe God has called you to be? And what has God called you to do? I want anybody looking at me, I want you to do this. Because some of y'all, just living the same, doing the same thing, stuck because you don't have a revelation of who 
You are called to be. And now God is beginning to speak to you, some of you, about who you're called to be. If you want to write these things down, uh, that I'm an ambassador, uh, uh, I'm the righteousness of God, I want you to write it down. But, but I want you to write who you are. The reason I'm having you write this is because I want you to look at this. If you, I'm not telling you what to do. I just recommend it. When you get home, whatever you wrote down, put it on post-it. Put it on a post so you look at it every morning you wake up or before you go to bed. And read it out loud because there will come days when you don't feel that you're that. But repeat it. Confess it. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Your words become things. So when you confess, I am a man of God. Holy Spirit said, let me fill you with my presence so you can live like a man of God. I am a woman of God. I am blessed. I'm a person of integrity, even if you're not that right now. I want you to begin to believe it. I want you to begin to confess it. I want you to begin to embrace your, your new identity in Christ. So take a moment, write who you are and what you're called to do and accomplish. And listen, as you're doing this, I don't want you to think small. What is, what is your God dream? What is your God dream? What is the big thing that you're believing God for? What, is, what are you called to do? If it's small, I want you to scrap that right now. I want you to bold, audacious, dream, vision, goal. Write that down. Who you are and who you're called to be. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. And you can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us, and uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.